Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan for the fans of the Houston Astros. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into this episode of Astros Baseball. It's Sunday morning, and my guest today is Rip Griffin. Rip, what is up, buddy? Hey, good morning, Rob. I'm happy to be on with you on this Sunday morning. Hey, Rip, you got a lot of stuff going on. You've been, you know, writing for Overtime Heroics, got a couple of podcasts going. Tell everybody a little bit about what you got going. Yeah, so uh, the Overtime Heroics, uh, I'm a Astros and MLB uh, staff writer. So I uh, try to put out as much on the Astros as I can. And of course, anything that happens within Major League Baseball, I try to break that as well. I do have a podcast, uh, The Rip Griffin Show, that you can find on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify. It's a live show, so it streams every Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. You can find it right here on Twitter. You can follow the show at Rip Griffin Show or myself at Rip Griffin 2. And then uh, I do do a Astros podcast, Astros Talk. Uh, I haven't been so active on that one just because I've been so busy. But um, you can find that one on Twitter as well. So, yeah, I'm on all the major you know social media platforms except Instagram. I'm not really an Instagram person. But, uh, yeah, you can follow me on any of those. And uh, I try to be as active and post as much content on the Astros. I've been doing more you know, screenshots of, of the team and you know pitching, offense, whatever that they've been doing. So I've been posting those on Twitter as well. So, trying to get more active into the social media well i've noticed your followers going up so you're doing a good job yeah that's i mean that's thanks to astros twitter you know they've been very uh welcoming to me as uh as i you know continue to to build up the, the social media so um you know they've been uh, very interactive and I, I can't be more thankful for astros twitter i think it's a uh, it's a great it's a great group of of fans that love the astros so uh i'm excited to to keep this going all right, guys, before we get started, let me tell you about our sponsor, Ram Shirts. If you have Twitter, I've been posting some new shirts that they have, but uh, they make custom and embroidered apparel. And I don't have the ad with me once again, but, you know, if you we have a contest going, if you want to win a shirt for your dad, just email us at astrosbaseballpodcast at gmail.com and put the word dad somewhere in the uh body or the subject whatever but here on sunday morning i'm going to give you a little heads up on what we got coming um we've got david tuttle from bleacher blums next week gerald sanchez after that joe george uh from the radio in houston Dan man the grandson of uh roy hoffines and then jerry Trupiani, former astros broadcaster this is He's going to be new to the show. And then that that's June and July. And then, I don't know what, it's May and June. And then July, July 11th, we've got H-Town Wiggy on the show. That should be exciting. A lot of, a lot of good guests coming up for the show. That's exciting. Yep. Yeah, July is going to be hard to do because that's when my vacation is. And so, you know, I'll probably be looking for some... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Michelle says she wasn't ready to do the Sunday show. Uh, but anyway, let's get into the week. The Astros started out really good. And I was looking for a sweep of Texas again, but they lost the first two games. So they finished the week at 3-3. Three and three. Uh, We start with Sunday, 
which we completed the sweep of Texas, and that was the game I was at. And everybody was telling me to stay away, but I went, and I took my son and his wife and my new girl, and Lance McCullers was on the hill. He gave us six innings of scoreless ball. He uh, only had two walks and five strikeouts. The Astros won six to two. Altuve went two for three. Bregman two for four. And Chaz McCormick had two RBIs. What was your thoughts on that Texas sweep we had there? You know, it was it was much needed because it was against the Rangers. And, of course, the, they talk about this, you know, silver boot series or Lone Star series that, that has been going on since the two teams have started playing against each other. And I think, too, especially in that homestand, which was, you know, 10 games, and uh, to end it on a four-game sweep of the Rangers, especially when you're heading off into the road to start the week, was much needed. Um, you know, you just mentioned Chaz McCormick, which I think is starting to find his own his own element in within the lineup. And it's, it's exciting to see him get into that action. It's, it's exciting to see how the Astros have been. So especially when we talk about run differential, they've blown the competition away, especially within the division. Uh, so uh, kicking off the, the week on a win against the Rangers uh, definitely is something that uh, the Astros uh, needed as they went into uh, on the road in Oakland. Did you see the quote Dusty had about Chaz McCormick? He told him something, you know, you're not getting to play a whole lot, but when you get in there, you, you know, you're doing very well. And and I believe that as well. Oh, absolutely. It shows. I mean, the, the times that McCormick has been in the game and in the lineups, he's been productive, uh, especially – you know, hitting a home, hitting home runs and singles, and getting guys uh, driving in runs—that's what he's doing so far, and that's great to see. Somebody that can come off the bench or come into the lineup to give a guy a day off—I I think we need to see more of Chas McCormick going into uh, in, the, in the future. So Tuesday, the Astros traveled to Oakland for a three-game series. They lost the first one six to five. Javier started. He gave up. Three runs, but they were all three. Uh, they were solo home runs and nine strikeouts. Overall, not a bad day. Um, Altuve, two for five. Rantley, two for five. Lots of offense, you know, in this week. Bregman, two for four. Tucker, two for four with a home run. Even Miles Straw got in on the action at two for four. Uh, Wednesday, so we, you know, we had the, the, the big winning streak going, and we lose the first game in Oakland. Uh, we're dominating Oakland. Uh, Wednesday, we, we dominate them 8-1. to one. Uh, Greenkey went eight innings. I was pretty surprised by this. Four hits and only one run. Eight strikeouts, no walks. What was your opinion on uh, Zach Greenkey's outing? We needed Zach Greenkey to go out and be dominant. That's what we needed because he had had several games in the past to where he was going you know, four, maybe six innings, and that was about it. And he came into this game, and he was extremely awesome. I don't – whatever adjective you want to put there, he, he did it. And to go eight strong innings, to put up the, uh, the strikeouts, and to kind of limit the athletics to just one run, we needed that for him, especially with how taxed the bullpen has been over the last few days. You know, getting him in there – uh, I mean, the offense was spectacular as always, but uh, Grinky definitely delivered on uh, on Wednesday night. 
Yeah, you talk about the offense. Altuve, two for six. Brantley, three for five. Uh, Yuli Gurriel is the player of the game, four for five with four RBIs. Correa, two for four. And once again, Straw had a good game at three for five. Thursday's game, um, the last game of the series against Oakland, the Astros put up eight more runs. They're scoring tons of runs in Oakland. This was a Luis Garcia start. Uh, he went five innings, and he gave up two runs on three hits. And again, the long ball, two of his three hits were home runs, and those were the runs that he allowed. He had seven strikeouts. I thought it was a good game. And then you look at the offense again, Altuve two for four, Bregman three for four, Correa two for five, Maldonado two for four with three RBIs. It's good to see Maldonado come through with some offense. Um, what do you think about Garcia? Garcia has, I'm glad he was able to get his first win a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's, I wish we can get him into the later innings. Uh, I think it's just because he's, he's so young. The arm is not, you know, uh, stretched out enough to go into the later innings, but Garcia has been great. I, I think, uh, he's been posting at least what six, seven, maybe eight strikeouts a game. I think he got up to nine, uh, a few starts ago. But he's kind of kept the, the Astros in the games, which is something that you need from your starting pitcher, especially with the lack of depth that, that the rotation has right now with a couple guys being out injured. But, uh, you know, Garcia has been good. I, uh, I think, you know, as he progresses in his development, we're going to see him uh, become uh, more reliable on the, on the mound. So, uh, but he, he's been great, especially when he's been called, called upon, uh, especially in these high you know, profile division games that he's oh, been, yeah. that he's pitched in. Yeah. And then uh, Friday we went to Texas to play in their new stadium. Some people call it, call it a mimic made part. <laughs> I heard that last week for the first time and we lose game one, seven to five. Tyler Ivy got his start, his major league debut. It was pretty exciting uh, since he's been on the show before I was pretty excited about it. I mean, he, he was doing really well getting tons and tons of fly ball outs. And then it was kind of weird. I've never seen anybody get so few hit, you know, like swing and misses. And I never really even noticed it until they were pointing it out, you know, but he was doing good, kind of fell apart right there at the end. One of the runs came, you know, after the uh, bullpen came in. So he almost went five innings, six hits, four runs, only one walk. Three strikeouts, gave up that home run to Garcia. I've never even heard of that guy from Texas, but he's really good. I see a lot of Astro fans on Twitter, you know, trying to make trades with Texas <laughs> for that guy. I mean, how awesome would it be to have somebody like that in the outfield, especially if they could play center field? I mean, geez, like, we'd yeah, be totally unstoppable with, him. with another guy like that. Wow. Yeah, given that uh, he's basically single-handedly you know beating the Astros with with home runs uh he hit one on fr that Friday night he hit two on Saturday uh that's definitely a guy I would like to have in the outfield especially you know kind of towards the middle or bottom end of that lineup that Astros lineup that can definitely give you some pop you know no no disrespect to Miles Straw he's gotten a lot of flack on social media but he did have a couple really good at bats in that first game against the Rangers where he battled and was able to draw a walk. That was that, you know, that game that went into extra innings. But uh, to have a guy like Garcia in your lineup, 
definitely is uh, would definitely bring some more some more pop, some more power to it. Yeah, I think that I somebody showed a baseball card of his, and he played for the Cardinals. Why why would they give that guy up? Also, that a Rose Arena wasn't he with the Cardinals too? He was somewhere, and the Rays got him. I think yeah. I don't know. I don't know a lot about other teams, you know. But the Astros are losing four to one, and it was so. I mean, the Astros have the offense to score more than four runs. And I was just thinking, man, this kind of sucks that they're not scoring for them. You know, like, it's a good outing for your Major League debut to only give up four runs. But the Astros actually tied it at four, you know, and then they lost it in extra innings. The bullpen blew this game. Plus, they, you know, they gave up three runs in the 10th. Um, And then yesterday's game, we lost eight to four. Lance McCullers Jr. gave up three runs in five innings. But again, I believe we weren't losing when he left. It was at least tied. Uh, he gave up a home run as ERA's at 2.96. Very pleased with Lance McCullers. And I'm also thankful for him for picking up the first win with me at the game. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> um, but... I mean, offensively, again, Bregman, two for four. Chaz McCormick, two for four. With, he hit his third home run. Uh, Texas scored five runs in the seventh inning, and that's kind of what, what was the demise for the Astros. And one thing I wanted to point out here, and he's, he's going to come up later in, in the show, uh, Scrub, he comes back. This is just his last four appearances. I, I, you know, he allows a lot of base runners and... You know, you can't have that magical scrub stuff happening all the time. Last four appearances, three in the third inning, six hits, five runs. He hasn't he didn't have any walks though, but not doing very good. Not not very pleased with Scrub's performance of lately. No, you know, and I, I can't help but wonder if maybe it's just he's being overused too much. If Dusty's kind of turning to him more or maybe the the scenario in which the game is playing out, maybe that's maybe that, that might have a, a factor in it. But um, you know, Scrub started out good to, to start the season, but uh, he's definitely you know, especially over his you know his last seven days. I mean, I, he's got a thirteen point five zero ERA, so yeah, he's definitely <laughs> struggling for sure. But um, you know, maybe it's just one of those things that might be the this the situation of the game. You know, maybe it's uh, too stressful. I, I don't know. I I wish I could be in that clubhouse to to kind of gauge what his his demeanor is. But um, maybe Dusty might uh, give him a break for a couple of days just to kind of regroup and maybe see if that might help. I don't know. It's it's whatever's possible to help him get back on track. You know, you talked about stressful, and I brought that up on the last episode about how dominant Ryan Stanek has been until he goes into the setup role. And I was saying there's a little added pressure when you have a title, you know, when you have a specific role, and it's very important, you know, it's, and like I'm saying, you know, you put scrub in when we're winning 6-0 to zero and he gives up two runs, you don't really notice, and... Nobody cares, you know, but tight games, you notice it. And uh, so we're going to go to the players of the week next. 
And when I looked for the pitcher of the week, that's how I got Scrubs stats because I keep picking starting pitchers. I could never really find the only time I didn't have a starting pitcher, it was Kent Emanuel, you know, but he actually almost had a complete game. And I just can't. I mean, I can't find anybody. And for me, I'm going to go with the pitcher first. It's Zach Greinke. I mean, how can you not give him eight innings, one run, eight strikeouts? I mean, amazing outing. Who do you got for pitcher of the week? You know, I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, I think it's going to have to be Zach Greinke just based on his performance in Oakland. You know, giving, like you mentioned, giving uh, going eight strong innings and giving the Astros an opportunity to – to be in the ball game, which they obviously they were, but uh, you know, Grinky has been Grinky. Uh, I, I that's what I, that's the only way I can kind of compare him is because Grinky is one of those that he uh, he has his good days, he has his off days, he has his okay days, and but that's what we've come to know from Grinky. But that that outing on Wednesday against the Athletics that was very Grinky esque. It was he's. <laughs> And I don't know if you noticed this, Rob, but he actually had a good uptick on his fastball. Usually he sits around, you know, the low 80s, or excuse me, the high 80s, 80, 88, 89. He actually topped over 90 in that game. So he had a little bit more uh, ump behind that fastball, yeah. which is something we don't see from Grinky very often. And that was exciting to see as well. He had said earlier in the season that he could throw harder if he wanted to. You know, but he, I guess he, he, I can't remember what he said. I can't control it. Or I, I just remember him saying that if I wanted to throw harder, I could, but yeah, that, that that's not what I need to do. Yeah. He's, he's more of, you know, setting up the corners with, with movement and location versus velocity. And I mean, of course that's, I mean, a lot of people don't know. He started out his, his career as a power pitcher where he was hitting triple digits, but now he's dialed it back and, He's more based on the location and the movement and throwing those 47-mile-an-hour EFIS, you know, breaking balls, curveballs <laughs> yeah. uh, that we see very, very uh, rarely, but we do see it. But, uh, but yeah, Granky is, you know, he, he's great when, when he's on the mound, and I always look forward to seeing him pitch. So who do you got for position player of the week? So let's see if we do, got the same guy. So, uh you can do can whatever do you two, want. Can I do two? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, you know, first and foremost, you've got to give it to Yuli Guriel. Uh, just not what he's done over the past week, but what he has done over the course of the entire season. I mean, leading the team in batting average with the three with the three twenty five has been phenomenal. Um, uh, I did always you see that. Did you see that graphic that the Astros have six guys, five or six guys hitting over three hundred? Yeah, and that's no, insane. And no other team has more than two. They have like 20% of the players in MLB hitting over 300. That's insane. That's, that's, uh, I mean, that's what you want out of that first and middle part of your lineup is those guys that are producing. Yeah. And, and you know, and the, the second uh, guy that, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so Yuli Guriel is your MVP of the season. Who's the, who's the player of the week? So I, I've got to give it to Kyle Tucker. Ooh. And yeah, because he had started off very slow, and he kind of picked up a little bit and kind of regressed. 
but now he's starting to uh, to to pick it back up again. I mean, he's uh, first on the team with home runs right now. He's uh, basically he he's been producing. He's been driving in runs and finding the holes that, especially within the shift, that uh, you would think would be outs. But he's been he's been finding those those holes and he's been driving in runs and, and that monster home run he hit in Oakland mm-hmm. that was just phenomenal. Uh, you wouldn't think that he has a, a whole lot of power just based on his stature and his physique, but he can really, he's got some good pop. And I, I think he would be uh, a, at least my player of the week. When I was looking, you know, just the, the eye test of how many hits the guy's getting, I was thinking Alex Bregman. Right. And when I looked at his stats, he had nine hits, no home runs and only two RBIs. So I said, let me dive into more. And I, and I looked at Altuve. I know he's been doing pretty well, and he had 10 hits. But he actually had a home run and two RBIs. So I'm thinking, I'm going to give it to him. But you know who I'm giving it to? Chaz McCormick. Oh. Three for seven with a home run and two RBIs in two games. These guys play every day, and this guy matched him in home runs and RBIs. I mean... Just think if he played every day, what his numbers would be. So I'm giving it to him. Chaz McCormick, my position player of the week. I think that's a good, that's a good choice there. It's, it's tough not to go, not to include him in that mix because he's been so, he's been phenomenal uh, over just even, I don't know if you saw the comment that Carlos Correa made to, to Chaz after yesterday's game. After he's he hit the home run that McCormick did, and you know he said, "Hey, you know you're looking good at the plate. You know every time you go in there, you're you're producing for us, and that's what we that's what we like to see. That's what I like to see. You know, it's coming from Carlos Correa. So uh, that's got to give you know Chaz some good um, you know make him feel good about himself, just to kind of you know keep that yeah. intensity, keep the, keep it going for him. That's what I was saying earlier, but I thought Dusty Baker had said it. But maybe Dusty Baker told the story that Correa said it. Maybe, maybe that's oh. what I'm hearing. I, but, but yeah, that's the same thing I heard. That you know he's not getting a whole lot of at bat. Maybe that's what Dusty said. He's not getting a lot of at bats, but he's producing when he is. Um, let's go to the poll. Okay, let's do it. I don't know if you, I totally. You know, like I said, I'm out of town again, and so I totally forgot about the poll yesterday. But I put it out last night. I retweeted it early this morning. And it got the results that I expected. Um, you know, I talked about Ryan Stanek last week and a little bit earlier about not being able to handle the pressure of the setup role. So if he did lose that job and we replaced him with someone else, who would it be? And I looked at the 40-man roster and I... I mean, these are the four guys that I could think of before I even looked. Um, Kent Emanuel, Joe Smith, Andre Scrub, or Noli Paredes. Which one would you pick? I have to go Kent Emanuel. Me too. That's, I mean, and I I don't, we haven't seen him enough. And I, I think that's what we, every time he comes out, he's, been so dominant he's he's been lights out and you know especially that when he came in after jake get rizzi left uh against the angels a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and he came in and he was just so dominant and so he was phenomenal 
against that lineup. But uh, we need to see more of Kent Emanuel. Um, you know, the other guys on the poll. Uh, Joe Smith has been, he got his 800 career um, uh, appearance just uh, yesterday, I believe, or the day yeah. before. Yeah, but, I was uh, going to mention that, yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to take no, the thunder no, there. No, 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 you're, um, fine. you're fine. I don't need thunder. <laughs> uh, I mean, we talked about scrub, but, uh, you know, Paredes is just coming back from that injury. But, uh, you know, we need to see more of Kent Emanuel. That's going to be, uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lobby for that. I mean, based on their skills so far this season, it has to be Kent Emanuel. And the poll reflected that. 62% said Kent Emanuel. 18 said Paredes and Scrub and Smith both got 10. I mean, Joe Smith is supposed to be the eighth-inning eighth, eighth inning guy. That's, that's what his job is. That's what his role was supposed to be. But he's not what he was. Scrub's not what he's supposed to be. Paredes, I mean, just imagine, you know, the... The Astros' bullpen was like the weakness, and then it became pretty good for a while, and now it's kind of it's kind of going back into the weakness. But the only thing about Kent Emanuel is what I keep seeing is that for some reason he's unable to go back-to-back, and maybe that's why he's probably never going to be the eighth-inning guy because you need the eighth-inning guy to be able to Sometimes pitch three days in a row, you know? Right, exactly. And, you know, we didn't – there's a, a lot of talk about Presley, you know. Um, he, he said he didn't go out and do back-to-back games. And I think it's just because of – you want to try to keep the innings down on, on Emmanuel right now because he's not quite uh, developed to uh, withstand that much uh, taxation on his arm. So – but – you know, if you had asked me before the season started, I would have gone Anoli Paredes just because I, I absolutely uh, I love everything about him. I love how he, uh, the way he pitches, his excitement, his his love for the game. Uh, but since you know he's coming back off that injury, I think um, you know definitely Kent Emmanuel for sure. Speaking of injury, I know Framer Valdez was supposed to pitch yesterday, right? And he, and, it, and it got rained out. And Odorizzi is supposed to pitch today. I think it's going to be a doubleheader, but anyway, yeah, so we both agree with him. We'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, it, before the season started, I would have said, uh, going off your Paredes comment, I would have picked Paredes to be the closer. That's how much confidence I had in that guy. You know, like yesterday, um, he walked the base. I mean, I don't think he walked the bases loaded, but the last runner was walked. And, you know, Maldonado said something to him, and he just looks over him all calm, like, yeah, I got it. You know, like, <laughs> he, he just, he, he he can handle the pressure mentally. Maybe he's not there physically, like you said, coming back from the injury. But I, I have confidence in him, and I know he has confidence in himself. So, but right now, we've got Stanek. You know, Stanek's pretty good, but we'll see what happens. I, I definitely think the Astros... We'll make some moves at the uh, trade deadline for some bullpen help. Oh, I, I agree. I think it's going to have to happen for for James Click to come in because, you know, this team is is primed for an October push, and the bullpen is going to be key when you get to, to that postseason baseball. And so I, I really think the Astros will need to make some moves at the trade deadline. Hopefully we can have uh, Justin Verlander back. Yeah. Um, 
you know, late August, early September. So that would definitely help, especially in the bullpen. I don't foresee him going out and starting games if he if he's able to come back. That's that's the key right now. It's all how he develops. Yeah. You know, when Framber Valdez and Odorizzi come back, that that'll give us Garcia back in the uh, bullpen. And you know who I'd love to see in the bullpen, even though he's an he's an amazing starter, is Christian Javier. Remember yes. how good he was in the bullpen in the playoffs when that you know guy he was so good. That was good, especially how Dusty used both Framer and and Christian kind of to piggyback off each other. That worked perfect. I mean, that was awesome. I mean, to how those two kind of played off each other. So I think putting uh, Christian back into the bullpen would definitely give some more depth. All right, let's go to fair or foul, buddy. Um, okay. Get ready. It's time for fair or foul. I've got five. One of them has two parts. Um, number one, I don't know, I'm sure you watched. I don't know if you watched the Tyler Ivy game on uh, Friday, but fair or foul. Tyler's dad stole the show on Friday. I that's got that's, that's fair. <laughs> he was of uh, that was uh, that was awesome. He was he was so uh, excited. He got into the game, which I mean, of course, any any parent would seeing their their son get their first major league strikeout would be so pumped but boy i i definitely would not want to go toe-to-toe with him because uh he's a pretty <laughs> stout dude that's what everybody was saying they're like i guarantee you tyler ivy's dad used to be a. I think his name is john right he they said uh, john john ivy used to be a, a strip club bouncer like <laughs> he i they, they were saying that no one's gonna boo him no uh-uh he, he can get excited at any ballpark that the Astros are visiting, and nobody's going to mess with that guy. Oh, no. I wouldn't <laughs> mess with him through the TV. No. Uh, no. All right. I know you're, you know, you're into the Astros minor league system. Um, the Skeeters, this is number two, the Skeeters have the worst logo slash uniform in the Astros minor league system out of the four teams? Uh, Let's rank them. Number one's Corpus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, right? I, I like, yeah. Um, uh, if I have to do two, I kind of like Asheville. I, I, I like the, the tourist logo on the hat with the, the little yeah. baseball. And, that was, was going to be my number two. Okay. And then Fayetteville will be number three for me. See, yeah. see, that's what I—that's that's the point of my question. Those three are so cool. I—I I think like the hat that Sugarland wears with the S and the L is yeah. pretty sweet, you know, pretty old school. But I mean, I don't know. It's just that it's like the rest of the the minor league teams have such cool uniforms that it makes these guys look bad. Especially watching them on the road with the very generic. Uh, you know, Sugarland across the the chest, and at home when they're in their home whites and it had skeeters. I mean, the home the home uniforms. I I like those. They're they're very. I don't want to say plain Jane, but they're they're very um, unique. But I think you know this being their first season as a AAA affiliate of the Astros, we might see some redesigns coming up in the future that maybe might be a little bit more 
bold and make a point, make a statement like these other three uh, farm system right. teams. But, uh, you know, I, I think just just being uh, a part of the Astros organization for the, for the Skeeters is, um, you know, that's the first step. And, of course, they, I have I've yet to actually go and see Constellation Field. Um, I'm hoping to hopefully get to that this summer, but uh, yeah, yeah, maybe we'll see some redesigns uh, come this off season. All right, number three. This is this was recently uh, the military appreciation hats. Fair or foul? Ah, uh, foul. Ooh. I, you know, and, and I, I, and I don't, uh, not knocking the the military appreciation because I think what Major League Baseball does is great. Now, there was one or two uh, seasons where they came out with very clean-looking, very military-esque hats, of the, like the olive green with, uh, I think, it had like a black bill. I think there was one that was solid black but had the, the military that, and the stars. That green, yeah, the green one had the, the, like the rubber stars on the side, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, one, that one was awesome-looking. I love that one. But... It's the it it seems too busy as far as the 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 camo. Um, That's why I didn't buy it. Yeah, uh, I, I tried it on at the game, and I was because I, I really like camo, even though I'm not a hunter or I've never been in the military, and you know just to spice it up. You know, I I wanted to get it, and I I didn't because that is exactly what you said. It's too busy. Yeah. And that, and that's why I, I have to say foul on that one because it, it's just the design of it. If it was a little bit more clean, then yes, I would be all over it and I would have one. But like you said, I mean, yeah, I, I can't, I can't get it. I like the little black thing on the side that I guess it resembles a dog tag. I thought that was pretty. I thought that was a pretty good touch. But yeah, I oh, like that one. I, I think they look nice, but for me, they're just. Like the front looks good, but it's just a little too busy in the back. Yeah. You're, so this is part two of this question. The Mother's Day hats. For me, I'll answer total foul. It looked like they had red on it and they bled in the washer. They, they were, <laughs> I mean, they've, they've had bill, you know, like hats with pink bills. You know, come on. I, I, those were horrible. Yeah, um, I have to agree. I have to say foul on that one as well. There was, it seems like I, especially with, you know, putting the, the patch on the side for, to honor Mother's Day and whatnot. That was, that was great. I, I like that aspect of it, but to have the logo kind of blended in, especially with the Astros colors, because they're yeah. orange and you blend it in with that, that pink, there's just so much clash there yeah. and it, 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 it didn't look good. Um, you know, I, I wish they would just keep it, keep it clean and I think there was one with the pink bill a couple of seasons ago. You know, put that put that pink ribbon on the side, and and throw a pink pink bill on there. We're good. Exactly. Perfect. I like it. So, uh, I guess the first game of the year, maybe, or when I went on a tour, mm-hmm. I think that I bought that Colt forty five hat, and I can't wear anything else. I think it is just <laughs> the coolest hat in the world. I've been to three games and I keep wearing it. Like I'm, I, I'm like, okay. I mean, I have the Astros blue, the one with the orange bill. I have some other one with the big A on it, but I can't wear anything but this. I just love the way the orange pops. There's no white. I think it's cool. 
All right, so this this one I thought of last night just because it's in my vision and someone was trying to feed them to me. Uh, flavored potato chips. Are you into flavored potato chips? Yes, uh, I'd say fair. You know, barbecue is probably my go-to um, just because of, of the flavor. And, of course, you know, I hey, I am a, a Fritos, you know, uh, chili cheese Frito kind of guy. So, uh, you know. Yeah, those are good. That's that's my go-to if I need a snack at the at the convenience store, is yeah some some chili cheese Fritos and uh and a, and a what about Coke. the what about the ones they made that they're, they're like twirls? Oh, the the honey those are, ones. Those are satisfying. Yeah, the, sh- it, the shape of them, the shape. Just eat those with the shape. Yeah, it's uh I guess it's one of those you kind of have to, for me at least be feeling that you know because they're right next to each other if you look at the guest you know, at the convenience store you get the chili cheese fritos on the left and the the honey ones with the twist on the right and it's like whoa which one do I pick so I, it's kind of one of those I have to be feeling it to grab it but definitely yeah. those are one that uh, that will probably be a good second so for me it's a foul. I mean, I'm a I'm a plain Lay's guy. Give me some ruffles. Oh, okay. I mean, I just because she was feeding me the barbecue chips, and I really don't care for them. <laughs> I mean, they're not horrible, but I mean, if I have an option, I'm never I'm never gonna pick flavored chips. <laughs> All right, here's number five, Crocs. What are you thinking about Crocs? They're coming back. Oh. You know, I, I'm torn because I can go fair because that's something that you can just slip on and go. Yeah. But I, I can go foul because sometimes they're, they're too bulky. And you know, especially with uh, how you know wide the toe is and everything. So I, I can go either way um, as far as being comfortable. Yeah, they're great. But, uh, you know, they're, they're quick for on the go, but sometimes they get too too bulky around my feet and you know it yeah. looks like I'm, I'm walking on you know like some i don't know tyrannosaurus type feet and they clump clump <laughs> clump so well yeah. i do not own a pair so i can only base it on uh looking at other people wearing them and i don't know <laughs> I, i'm i'm torn i mean i should have the answer this shows you that when i make these up i don't have the answers um did you happen to see you know what the dad shoes are, right? The white leather Nikes and the white leather New Balances. You know what the yeah. dad shoes are? Mm-hmm. Did you happen to see the where someone mashed them together with Crocs? No, and I some, did not see that. Yeah. And so you might want to look that up. But, you know, if someone had tweeted a picture of it and they're like, these are so bad that they're, you know, he goes, I don't like dad shoes and I don't like Crocs, but these are pretty tight. And I was like, you know what? Just the the silliness, the ridiculousness of it makes it cool. But you have to check that out. But I, I'm oh, I'm, I'm oh. foul with dad shoes, big time. Okay, I'm looking at them right now. Uh, oh, you yeah, found them? Yeah, I found They're them. They're sweet, called, right? Yeah, I mean it's called the I mean the perfect dad shoe. It's got the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I mean that could be a. I, I mean, the, the, the dad shoe croc looks better than the dad shoe. I mean, <laughs> what what is it? What is it about when I'm 50 years old? I don't wear dad shoes and I don't put my phone on my belt. No. I mean, what is it about people that get my age that think that is cool? <laughs> Maybe they don't care. Maybe it's just convenience. I don't know. I, I was, I I was, was going to do this 
I was going to talk about the the dad shoes and the phone on the hip when yeah. I had when I had uh, I can't remember who was on, but he was older, and I was like, God, if he has these things, I'm going to feel so bad. So I di- <laughs> I didn't do it. So I saved him for this show. You know, I'm looking at this this dad shoe right here, and it's got like a little fanny pack you can put on the the top of it. Oh my god. <laughs> So it's like it's like it's the dad shoe, jorts, right? Jean shorts and fanny pack. What else is there? What else is there? Uh, they call it a, a detachable footy pack. That is ridiculous. Yeah. So. Well, all right, buddy. That's it. That's all I got. Man, this has been great. Uh, I, you know, definitely, you know, talking Astros baseball with you is always is always fun, and uh, I'm glad we were able to to get together to. Um, to talk about the week. Yeah. Well, just invite me to your show and we'll talk some more. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll get together and uh, we'll, we'll put a live broadcast out for all the Astros fans. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. So. All right, guys. Thanks rip for uh, coming on this Sunday morning and thanks to all of you for listening. And t- next week will be David Tuttle from bleacher blums. We will see you next time on Astros baseball. Thanks for listening to Save Big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.